I am a retired school counselor and also a school psychologist. And um, like Matt said, I'm involved with NAMI on the state level as well as the local Albuquerque affiliate. Um, I enjoy being on the uh, Mental Health Resource and Advisory Committee because I get to work with policy and ideas and, uh, and with the training subcommittee to work with the police department. Also work with um, New Mexico or Albuquerque and Bernalillo passed a one eight cent tax. And so we um, take that money for mental health services. And I'm on one of the committees, the crisis care committee that determines how to use that money uh, to help with mental health services in our community. First of all, let's see. That's not working there. Ah, there we go. How did you do that? Just press this. Um, NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and it's the nation's largest grassroots mental health organization dedicated to building better lives for millions of Americans affected by mental illness offering mental health education, advocacy, and support. Uh, NAMI Albuquerque and NAMI New Mexico, as well as our other three affiliates, are all uh, volunteer-oriented, and we're grassroots. So we recognize that we have a systemic failure in most of our communities, uh, probably all communities, in being able to reach out and reach and meet the needs of people who have mental illness. Just as a background, one in four people uh, in New Mexico will have a diagnosis of mental illness. Nationally, it's one in five. Um, and that's during their lifetime. So New Mexico has the highest per capita rate of mental illness. Every family is touched by some form of brain disorder. We are here to help you and to just educate you and let you know what's available free of charge. There are no charges for any of the support programs that, and education programs that we offer. So we are here to stop the stigma and to promote research, education, advocacy, and support. Betty, if, uh, nationwide are all the programs free too? Or is that just locally? This is nationwide. NAMI... <clears throat> Wait, I just lost There we go. Okay. Um, every state has a state organization um, headquarters, and then there are affiliates in every state. So the programs that I'm going to be talking about should be available in every state although not all of them. It depends on the affiliate and their funding. Uh, I use the term brain disorders, which is a broader term, which would include anything where the brain is operating in a different way than what we consider normal. That would include ADD, uh, epilepsy, Alzheimer's, autism, and of course, mental illness. Mental illness is usually described as PTSD, depression, acute and chronic, anxiety, schizophrenia. I know I'm reading to you, and you can read this. Um, sad, bipolar dis uh, disorder one and two, personality disorders, 
Um, and of course, eating disorders, there are many forms. And so every family is affected by mental illness and or brain disorder. Mental illness is usually treatable but not curable. And recovery is a process and journey that's won through a lot of hard work. I have a panel that presents to the um, CIT training for APD. And our panel has two members who have a diagnosis of mental illness, and I have two family members. Um, NAMI is mostly uh, constructed of family members and people who have mental illness. What I really like is that our panel's members with mental illness and or people who are family members can describe the hard work it takes to go into recovery. Brain disorders are not a weakness. It's not a character flaw. And it's not a result of bad parenting. It's not a choice. No one wants to have it or to have somebody they love with it. Um, it's very, most often, genetic, like other physical conditions. And this is important for law enforcement, I think. The vast majority of people with mental health problems are no more likely to be violent than anyone else. Um, can I get rid of that? There we go. Um, in fact, of course, people with serious mental illness are much more likely to be uh, victims of, of violent crime. Uh, you see that in the homeless, of course. I wanted to talk about recovery because those people who have serious mental illness and are working toward their recovery are really do a lot of respect. First of all, the first step is to get a diagnosis and to recognize it and accept it. Sometimes that's the hardest part right there. Then, of course, it's important to get consultation, keep gathering information about the condition, and treatments are really important. Medications, getting strategies from your doctor, psychologist, counselor, different activities, counseling, ongoing counseling. Most of the people with whom I work who have a mental illness uh, see a counselor every week. It also involves managing diet, exercise, sleep, avoidance of any kind of drugs or alcohol, and other triggers. Identify the support for their continued recovery, which can be family and friends, of course, first, but NAMI, doctors, therapists, support groups, and so on. So, and then to learn. Every person that I know with mental illness in NAMI who has gone into recovery is very self-aware and have identified their own vulnerabilities, but also their strengths. And Betty, there's a question for you. Sure. Um, so I noticed that substance use disorder was not listed in your brain disorder list. Could you comment on that? Ah, good question. Um, there is always a discussion about that issue of whether it, it's considered a mental illness or it's not. Uh, but we do know that it is an illness, and we also know that there's a genetic predisposition. Uh, when we are now in our community of Bernalillo County uh, providing money to support mental health, we include substance abuse. 
regardless because we know it's very common. There's also um, a condition called dual diagnosis, which is very, very common, especially with some of the diagnoses. Um, for instance, bipolar, as many as 75% of people with a bipolar disorder diagnosis are also um, substance abuse users. Are they, they are substance abusers, I guess is a better way to say that. Um, it could be considered as a brain disorder, I think, but it is not identified in the literature as such. Does that answer the question? Okay. Here's what NAMI has for you. As law enforcement, fire department, you will have contact and interaction with people who have serious mental illness. And we are very proud to say that we offer all of the services we have free of charge. That's the good F word, right? Free of charge for your community. We have education classes, 12 weeks of family to family, and those you have to contact the local affiliate. It comes from the local affiliates, um, and there is a person in charge of that training, and Cy Stanton also oversees that program uh, on the state level for New Mexico, and he will be able to direct you. Uh, if you call NAMI New Mexico, they can give you his phone number. There's a 10-week program peer-to-peer -peer for people with a diagnosis, and we they prefer to be identified as peers. We also have RAP, which is an ongoing 50-week-a-year uh, program that's run on Sundays at the NAMI Albuquerque. It's wellness prep and pl uh, planning, which are strategies and planning ahead for, for families and peers, and they can attend that, those uh, meetings together. Then we also have monthly education presentations that UNM Psychiatry Department helps us set up. So once a month, we have a program on different types of mental illness or the latest research. Then we have ongoing weekly support at almost every um, affiliate, as far as I know. In New Mexico, I know we do. Um, there is Connection, which is for peers. And for our affiliate in Albuquerque, they meet every Monday evening. There's Family Support Group, which meets every Tuesday. Here's the whole list. Um, the NAMI connection at the top, I don't know if you can see that. Then the Family Support Group is Tuesdays at uh, 6 o'clock. RAP is on Sundays uh, in the afternoon from 3.30 to 4.30. Uh, we have In Our Own Voice, which is trained peers who talk about their own mental illness, and there's a video. And if you're interested in having somebody come and address your church, your organization, your association, you can contact um, somebody from NAMI about In Our Own Voice, and they will arrange for a, a presentation. Family to Family, as I said, is... Um, the education program for family members who have a family member who has mental illness. Cy Stanton's phone number is 321-4522. Um, we have Breaking the Silence that we support also, and it is not a signature program for New Mexico, for um, NAMI, but it is a wonderful program and it works with the schools. And of course, we are now working on the CIT 
NAMI panel that I facilitate for our CIT programs, um, we are working at the national level with NAMI to create that into a national program or signature program. It's in process at this time. Betty, when you talk about support groups, I don't know if you're going to cover it later, so if you are, just tell me to shut my face. No. But could you describe what support groups are? So like the family, family, and peer. If we were out with a family member or with a peer, how would we describe what that program is? Okay. Um, the, the family support group is run by trained facilitators, and it's just family members who meet and talk about their questions or their experiences and get support from the other people in that group uh, who have had similar experiences or just discussing it. Um, the, the connection is uh, just peers. They're not even allowed, I'm not allowed in there. Uh, it's only for peers and they give each other a tremendous amount of support. The NAMI Albuquerque group is very strong and they work together to support each other, to answer questions, to reach out when somebody is having a relapse, uh, is having a hard time, then that group of peers will support each other. So really vital to, the, to working with mental illness. Mental illness is not easy, it's a challenge. Thank you, did I answer that right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> More of what NAMI's doing, uh, where we work really hard at advocacy. Um, we work with the legislature every year. We've done, for instance, AOT, uh, the Crisis Triage Center we worked on this year and got it passed with a clear definition uh, with the hopes that we'll be able to put that in place in uh, Burnley County within three years using the tax money. Uh, and UNM will be helping with that, and mental health care uh, in many different ways. Another thing we did is NAMI went and testified for the one-eighth cent tax. Uh, one of our Bernalillo County commissioners uh, proposed that this tax be initiated in our county. But before that, we laid down the groundwork by having it on um, on the ballot when there was a general election and it passed with the entire county at a 69% level, which is really high. Uh, so then the, the Bernalillo County passed it as a com the commission. Then it went to the city commission. They passed it. And th then they formed the ABCGC, which is the Albuquerque Bernalillo County Government Commission and they are in charge of the administration of the money that's collected, which is around 18 million a year. And then they formed the BHI, which is Behavior Health Initiative. And there are four committees, um, the housing crisis uh, prevention and community support. I work with the crisis committee and we formed mobile crisis teams. We funded that. And it's as of March, as we have four mobile crisis teams working in Albuquerque and Bernalillo County. In May, we will be opening the jail reentry center so that anyone leaving our jail, uh, MDC, 
will go through the reentry center. And if they have a diagnosis of mental illness, they will be given a plan and support, even housing, temporary housing, uh, prescriptions, um, appointments, clothing, whatever they need to help get them started in a really positive way. And I just wanted to make a, sure. one quick um, statement on this one. Sure. So if anyone on here is not in Albuquerque, our mobile crisis teams are not what mobile crisis teams are anywhere else in the country. Oh. We have co-response models. For some reason, we call it the mobile crisis team, but it is not a mobile crisis team by all purposes for federal standards. What we set up on our crisis team and we funded was a highly trained uh, enhanced CIT trained officer paired with a professional licensed clinician, either a counselor or a social worker. And they are trained, that clinician had been trained for, was it eight weeks? Eight weeks of training within the law enforcement uh, protocols and then paired and go out on calls, a mental health calls. Uh, with the police officer there to make sure that the situation is safe and then be able to call on clinical uh, qualities and training to be able to help that situation that involves mental illness or mental health. Thank you for that. We're very proud of it. We're excited. We're starting into the second month of this new program. Uh, also, this last month, we started the first community engagement team that involves uh, a trained peer, a certified trained peer, a uh, social worker, a caseworker, um, and it does not involve police. So that if a call comes in to 911 and is sent over to the uh, access line, the, the support line, they can call, ask if the family would like to have the community engagement team. And the, that then avoids a police involvement but it will give them referrals and resources. Um, we also have the housing committee and they are working on temporary and permanent housing for people with mental illness. Community supports is doing an education. They're working really hard to do early prevention education for families who have some risk factors. And eventually we're working on having a crisis triage center so that police officers can transport a person in mental health crisis to that crisis center immediately and be taken in uh, without being turned away. This is really important because right now what can happen in our community is that uh, an officer may take a person to one of the two uh, places that offer mental health support and the beds are full, so they just turn them away. Um, NAMI has at least two people representing uh, our organization on all four of the subcommittees. We also are on MRAC, which is the Mental Health Resource and Advisory Committee. Five of the members are from NAMI, and we help, as Matt said, with the CIT planning and trainings, materials and protocols, and the SOPs. We also participate in CIT with uh, peer and family panel and peer presentations. So NAMI does a total of uh, three and a half hours 
of the CIT week. And Betty, I know that you get to travel and you go to a lot of the NAMI national conferences. Yes. Could you talk a little bit about what you've heard NAMI's role is in CIT programs elsewhere in the country? It's interesting. I just had a phone call last week from somebody from Columbia University who was doing some research on CIT, and they were, she was calling different um, NAMI offices and officers to ask about CIT and the role in their community. Um, I think she was really surprised at the intensity of our program and how much it's respected and how well it's used. Um, because she said she had never heard of a 40-hour CIT training before with her other research, and she's going to do a published uh, piece on the CIT effectiveness. Um, I hope that we get a copy of that. But she had never heard again of the community involvement of the CIT and having people come in from the community and NAMI and presenting during the CIT, um, and that the DOJ, which looked like a really bad thing at first, but I, I'm pleased to say that working with Albuquerque Police Department, the department took it as a challenge, and they not only did what they were asked to do, they went above and beyond, and they have really set a standard nationally for what can be done with a crisis intervention training for law enforcement around the country. Um, I think that it's really important that we look at what CIT originally, uh, she was surprised. Another thing she said is, do you think it's better to train the whole department or just a few elite? And I said, we originally APD trained just a few. That was the original program in the late 90s. However, when DOJ came in, they asked that everybody in the whole department be trained. And she said, well, is that a good thing? And I said, to me, in my opinion, it's excellent because that way every single officer has a clearer vision of what mental illness looks like and gives them some options and strategies to deal with somebody who's in mental health crisis. If they don't feel equipped, they know they can call and ask for somebody who has had enhanced uh, training, part of the CIU or, or the enhanced CIT trained officers. I'm also excited because I'm quoting Matt, but um, DOJ asked that 40% of all APD officers volunteer to have the enhanced CIT training, and I believe it's over 40% now. Just an audit. Or either at 40 or right around pretty close. So that's exciting. And she's, she'd never heard of anything like that. And I said, people volunteering to get more training so they can even be better prepared to deal with mental health crisis. So I love that. She was also, I think, surprised to find out how many of our community members were participating in the CIT trainings, including talking about homeless and so on, and that we were also going to be covering um, autism uh, in a, a deeper way. We're going to be talking about DD um, or the uh, developmentally delayed issues, um, Alzheimer's. So I'm, I'm loving hearing as I go to meetings with the police department 
uh, and the CIT officers to be able to find out that they're expanding that role more and more. Did I cover that? Yes, ma'am. Okay. In New Mexico, we have the state office. I'm president-elect for the state. I'll become president in August. Um, and we pretty much just are a resource for the affiliates, but we also run the walk, which is our fundraiser. Uh, we also uh, help pay for all the programs and materials. Um, so it's more of an administrative and referring um, office. We do have an executive director who's part-time right now, and we're very happy to have that. That helps the whole state. NAMI Albuquerque is the largest affiliate, of course, and it's right across from Coronado Center. And you saw all of the resources and programs that NAMI Albuquerque offers. NAMI Westside is over in Rio Rancho uh, and has a, a very active president who is uh, even in their Chamber of Commerce. We have NAMI Santa Fe, and they had mobile crisis teams before we did. I think it's a different type, but they do that. Um, they're very active up there, and they are very helpful to help us with legislation because we have two or three members up there who can attend the legislative sessions more easily. Um, NAMI DOC, we call it, which is Dona Ana County, is in Las Cruces, and it's a very active group and has a very active peer group. Um, in fact, one of their peers is now on the national NAMI uh, board, which is exciting. And this is just a promotion. <laughs> NAMI Walk is May 12th at the Balloon Fiesta Museum. We can't do all of this. Expensive materials, uh, the family to family, I took it with my husband. Um, they give you a syllabus that's about three or four inches thick. They spend 12 hours or 12 days of three hours each bringing in specialists talking about different issues of having a family member who has mental illness. Um, excellent materials, well-trained facilitators, all done on a volunteer basis. So, of course, we have to raise the money to do that, and the fundraiser is for materials and the classes, supports, and our expenses. Um, we also offer local resources for support education for affiliates and our state organization. By the way, we're one of my goals uh, as incoming president of the NAMI organization statewide is that we hope to have a new affiliate in Farmington. We're starting already the work on that, one in Socorro and one on the east side. So we want to expand into more of our state. Our state's very large and unfortunately lots of miles between our communities. We have many teams, so choose your favorite. You may want to be on the CIT team. Uh, that's uh, uh, Matt and I are running that, huh? And we already, I think we're up to eight members. So if you'd like to join the CIT team and support what we're doing statewide with CIT, that'd be great. And there's the um, link.
Tell me why to all to the truth.